0: Hello, and welcome to the Jim Baker Family Show, coming to you from the village of Morningside, USA, snuggled in the beautiful Ozark Mountains. Today, our special guest is political and cultural commentator and pastor of Influence Church, Lucas Miles. Our co-hosts today are Ricky Baker and Mondo De La Vega. And now live from Grace Street of Morningside, USA. Here's your host Pastor Jim and Lori Baker.
1: Thank you and welcome everyone to Grace Street yeah. and I'm so happy that my son Ricky is back.
2: Yes. You I'm can't tell me
1: where you've been because you are in the army yet, right?
2: Yes, I still. You're really
1: not totally, and you—you uh, kind of got out of the
2: army, but you have to do things. Yep, I, I left the active duty component and I switched to the uh, National Guard. So I served the Missouri National Guard, which I love doing. I love the people of Missouri, and I, I love serving in that capacity. Wow. Yes. So, yeah. did you have a good? I did couple. Yep. W- it's fun. It's fun to crawl around in the mud for a little bit, but it's also nice to sleep in my own bed. So. <laughs> yeah,
3: you know. But the thing that was driving me crazy, honey, Ricky, honey, Ricky, honey. <laughs> I call him Money, and all. Anyway, <laughs> but um you know, Ricky, he, 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 it was his birthday. Yes. And he had to run. 12
2: well, I did a twelve, yeah, twelve-mile ruck march. So thirty-five-pound pack, twelve miles. The army is. Always done something like that on my birthday, so I figured, hey, you know what? It's all good. A good way to bring in uh, 26, though, exercising. I didn't want to be exercising, but I was. So a good way to bring in 26. <laughs>
1: I wish oh, I had boy. pictures
2: of your babies. Yes, they're growing up. Three years old, and my son is almost one years old. Luke. Uh, they could Aww. probably throw it up on the screen, but they Aww. are, they are wonderful.
3: They are.
2: You have two fabulous, beautiful children. Yes. yes, I think they're. I think they're. I'm a little biased, but I think they're the. Greatest kids that's ever And been. I'm biased. Oh. That's right. <laughs> I'm Grandpa Jim. They love yeah. their grandpa. Yes, they, they do. do. And
1: Mondo, yes. your kids this week, wow. We're Can you big imagine? Big it feels big like a few, birthday
3: party.
4: Just a few <laughs> m- months ago. They were born. Oh. Yes, they were born premature, and now they are 13 wow. years wow. old,
3: teenagers. Awesome. Awesome. Mila and Mateo. How much boy did and they girl. weigh
1: when they were born? About four and a half pounds. Wow, we had the four and a half picture. pounds. That is tiny.
3: Yeah. We have the cutest pictures in your office. Jim's holding, you know both the babies when they were first born Mm. me too i have one too holding both the babies when they were first born and and now they are
4: 13. i'm so excited (laughs) oh gosh everybody pray they're 13 (laughs) you know what i mean
3: ricky i'm gonna officially
1: ask you to count up how many grandchildren we have because we always Uh, can't figure it out i don't know if i can count that high so
3: (laughs) we have 13.
1: Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Lori says we have 13, and yes. I believe her. You know? I'm the one that yeah, they all the, the That's a
2: full quiver. And yep. most
1: of them have been raised right here.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. Part of them right now are backstage with their moms being raised here. But they're the future. Yes. But the, fu- the
3: future. <laughs> and that's a miracle the- <laughs> in itself,
1: <future>. Jim. I want <laughs> to say this, Mike. <laughs> the future is so exciting. Yes. Yes, it is. Because God gave us these children and great children. In fact, I want to open this show with Tammy Sue singing my theme song from years back, just before you meet Lucas, as You Can Make It. And maybe you need it today. And I have a scripture for you, too, for later on that just for you today. So here's Tammy Sue to sing my song, You Can Make It. You can make it. You can make it. You can make it.
2: Oh, this trial you're going through, God's gonna show you just what to do. You can make it.
1: You can make it. I don't care what's going wrong. God. for you, you and you and you, you can make it. Amen. No matter what's going wrong, no matter what's going on, this world's a mess. Yeah. But you can make it because God has saved your soul. Thank you, And if you don't know Jesus, ask him into your heart, and he's going to be with you every day. God gave me a scripture this morning, and it goes along with what Lucas is talking about. He has a new book out called The Woke Jesus.
5: Woke? Is, Jesus. is Jesus woke? <laughs> Jesus is far from woke. woke. But there's a lot of people that say are saying that he is.
1: So you, actually the subtitle is the false messiahs that are destroying Christianity. Yeah. And that's what's going on. The church could be deceived if they're not careful because we don't want to serve a false messiah because the real Jesus says he'll never, never leave us. He'll yeah. never, never forsake us. Amen. 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 Wow, I've got to get into this book.
3: Yes, and but you know, Lucas you can, Miles. Well, i was just going to say you can you can get uh, Lucas's book by going to um, uh, purchase through uh, his website lucasmiles.org. Just go to lucasmiles.org and you can get. And you books. can order right at your
1: website. Yeah, you can order right
5: there at the website at lucasmiles.org. Of course, and you go to
1: yeah. There's stuff there.
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, all my other books are there as well, and those things. Of course, you could find it wherever books are sold, but you know, obviously, okay. order right. from our website is best. Lucas yeah,
1: yes. is a writer, as we, as you know, and this is your newest book. But Lucas is a writer. You produce films, yep. right? And uh, he's the president of the Influence Network. Yeah. What is that?
5: So the Influence Network is our is our larger ministry. So underneath that, we have. Influence Church, which is the local church that which I pastor. Which you're the pastor. Yes. yes. Yep. And so my wife and I started that about 20 years ago. So this is actually our 20th year. Um, and then uh, we're based in, outside of South Bend, Indiana, Granger, Indiana. There's
1: some uh, pictures yeah, on the screen.
5: Yeah, that's, that's from our church there. And uh, that's my wife. Uh, and, and now here's the amazing thing. This building that we're in, it's a 30,000 square foot building. It's actually the church building I grew up in. <gasps> and oh. that church closed down in 2008. And it is on the best corner in town, right in the center of town. It's a 10-acre property, and it came available a, a year ago. And the Lord, I had told my wife 20 years ago, because we, we left that church under, we, I went through a little post-traumatic church disorder when right. I left that church. <laughs> okay, so we'll, okay, you know, yes. I, We won't get into all yeah, that. Yeah,
3: okay, we but, get but, it. But
5: here's the miracle <laughs> that happened, is the Lord told me when I left there, because we we had a situation that was, uh, uh, you know, where we felt like that 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 we were just kind of easily dismissed. We were very young, and... And the Lord told me, someday you're going to minister on that stage again. And when that church closed in 2008, I thought, well, that, there was the promise that didn't happen. And they uh-huh. were going to bulldoze the building. Well, an investor bought it, redeveloped the property. A year Whoa. ago, we got into it. Wow. And uh, he, was, he literally had a contract to, to, to bulldoze it. And he had a dream or something. He woke up in the middle of the night and said, the Lord said, I'm not done with this yet. And we were he put a sign out to lease it. The next day for amazing. a church, and we saw it. Drove ah. by. We oh. signed in a month, and we were in. So, Thank it's you. been amazing. Wow. It's been amazing.
3: There's a rebirth.
5: So, yeah. Well,
3: there's something so special. I was the the church I was born and raised in. There's something so from the time I was seven to the time I yeah. was seven months old to the time I was seventeen. There's something so special. Yeah. About. Having that building and smelling mm. the church pew. Yeah.
5: And so. I know every corner of it. You know, yes. there's one little spot where I, when I was probably 13 years old, I was walking down this hallway and an older woman in the church, I don't even remember who it was. You know, at the time it was just an old lady, you yeah. know, when I was young. <laughs> and, and, uh, and she stopped me. She goes, You know, someday you're going to be the senior pastor here. Oh. And I, it just stuck with me. Mm. And, you know, I kind of dismissed That's it as a kid, for but for I, sure. I, the Lord brought that back to my remembrance and here I am, pastor in wow. that same building. You know, Praise it's amazing. God.
1: It's so great because, Mondo, you you take, you know, you 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 know you note know all the pra- churches that are closing. Thousands of churches are closed. In fact, every year, yeah. several thousand Listen, churches post,
4: close. Post COVID, six to ten thousand churches were closing a year. The number has quadrupled after COVID. So to hear that yeah. your church. Oh, man, what an yeah. excitement. Yeah. But you, and it's
5: full of people. It's reopened. we three Woo! times this year. It is, it's the best our ministry has ever been. Wow. It's, oh. You know, we're financially stable. we got people. We have teams. The gospel's going out. It's been amazing. Praise but you, God. You, you,
1: you, uh, you do a TV show.
5: Yeah. yeah uh, so I, I, I host the the show. Lucas Miles Show. Well, so I, I host a show? podcast <laughs> show called The Lucas Miles Show. And then I have a TV show called Church and State with Lucas Miles. It's on uh, Epoch uh, TV. Uh, so it's epochtv.com. You can go there. And it just won program of the year at the National Religious Broadcast. You're kidding. About that. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Congratulations. Thank you very much. You very much.
1: Oh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I'm going to announce today that we are developing. Mondo, I'm so excited about it. Mm-hmm. Ricky's a part of it. Yes. Ricky's going to be one of the great leaders in the future of Christian television. And it's the new PTL network is, is coming soon. It's going to be radical. It's going to be different. It's going to go into all the world. That's right. And it's going to be in the prison. God spoke to me that TV would not be the same, that it wouldn't be like I started. Lean on you know, television. Pat Robertson and, and I were together, and I helped build the you know 700 Club. I hosted it for about eight years, as you probably know. And uh, in fact... Pat Robertson is, is so deep inside of me because he's my, my, my mentor, you know. My lead, he, just, mm. he just threw me into the water of television and said, learn it, Jim. I didn't know a thing about television. And so we worked together to build the first Christian station in the world. And Pat went to be with the Lord a few days few weeks ago mm-hmm. and so
3: let's be happy for him he's with yeah, the lord yeah. <laughs> i mean <Yeah>. really <laughs> but
1: but i just miss the fact that he's not on earth anymore because you know he feels like you're he feels like a father a yeah. grandfather figure to me but he had a last wish i don't know if you've heard this or not mm-hmm. but it was an unbelievable last wish a band to play at the end of his funeral hmm and he, from New Orleans, mm-hmm. anybody know what we call those bands in New Orleans? Those jazz, jazz, yeah. New Orleans jazz yeah. band. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was, I want. He wanted them to play when the Saints go marching in. <laughs> he said, "I don't want you to be sad." I so. I'm. I'm rolling just a little piece of this. This is the end of his funeral, mm-hmm. and this is the people in the audience marching in behind the coffin. But this is. Pat Robertson, his, mm-hmm. his last march down the aisle with, when the saints go marching in. Take a look at this.
3: This is what my father asked for, that we would all oh. join with a New Orleans jazz band <laughs> who will follow his casket out. This is a celebration. Let us celebrate the
2: life of Pat Robertson. God bless
1: you. Oh my. Pat Robertson, one of the great pioneers, the father of Christian television and Like my father of Christian television because we worked together, and I hosted the Seven Hundred Club for eight years, and it was a great experience and just changed my life. Wow, what do you think? Is that a way to go?
5: That is that is a way to go. (laughs) I mean, what and what a a forerunner and and just advocate for the faith, you know, for for you know just. Uh, really blessed even people that didn't know him or denominations that had no affiliation with him He was a uh, somebody who stood on the gate um, You know looking out for the church Christian right. values in this nation yeah. nation for a long time and to have a legacy that long it's just impressive and and you're, you're you you do that as well and I'm honored to be he you know, here with you and yeah.
1: millions to cry
5: yeah absolutely absolutely
3: and regent university yeah. one yeah. of the greatest universities ever
5: and you know you see you see what the the response from the left when he passed you know, when, when people yep. are cheering your demise, sure then you know you did something right for the kingdom that's of God. Right. I know. <laughs> oh, oh did you notice right. that? Oh, yeah. They, I mean, and look, it's not surprising when the same the same people who are, uh, you know, cheering for abortion mm-hmm. and, and supporting the mutilation of children mm-hmm. through transgender surgeries yes. are celebrating the death of a, of a great man. That's and right. It, but it, it says something about his legacy it that, that it was a job well done. Are you yes.
1: not concerned about the condition of America, mm. I, that evil is good and good is evil?
5: We, we are living in that day where good is evil and evil is good. And I think that it's more important than ever for the church uh, to really prepare our hearts for this. You know, I yes. tell people all the time, the church isn't ready for what's coming. No. no. And look, I'm an optimist. God wins in the end. But here's something very important to, to realize. Just because the church is redeemed in the end, it does not mean that the church in America will stand strong. We saw the church in Europe, you know, that, that faltered. You can go to Italy or Germany and yeah. you can see those empty buildings. That's right. you know, and they're beautiful, they but are. they're reminders of a place mm-hmm. where the church was once vibrant. That's right. And I don't want to see that happen for America. And I don't believe it's too late. I think we can turn this around, yes. but it's time to get serious about our faith, to push in, to educate ourselves on these topics. You and, know,
3: it, Pastor Lucas, you just said something so powerful. You just said, I don't think that the church the American church. Is ready for what yeah. is about to come. Yeah. You sound like Jim Baker. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you know. I mean, seriously, because because they're not. You know, my yeah. my heritage
1: yeah. is is Dutch. Mm-hmm. Do you know in Holland they had the most gorgeous cathedrals. Sure. Yeah. And years ago I went to Holland, and I got to preach in a lot of those cathedrals. But there's they've all been sold.
5: Yeah. Their yeah. churches
1: closed. because people didn't go to them anymore. Yeah. So a lot of Pentecostals bought some of those churches, yeah. and they, they were in these massive cathedrals. But the ch- church is closing down all over the world. I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your last book, uh, The Christian Left, yeah. really hit home on the point of the church leaning more and more to the left. Yeah, And now you have this book out, The Woke Jesus, The Woke False Jesus. Messiah, Uh, What about this title?
5: Yeah, so um, this book, Woke Jesus, is really a continuation of my last book, The Christian Left. You don't have to read them in order or anything like that. (laughs) Um, But this book is explaining why the church has gone left. Because there are people that are saying that Jesus is woke. There are people that are, are saying that Jesus Mm-mm. is trans-affirming, that Jesus, you know, he wouldn't get in the way of love between two people. He'd be o- for open borders and socialism and all these things. That's and so I wanted to set the record straight on what the Bible says about it. our Savior.
3: That's it. That's
1: Throughout this book, says. you talked about uh, another book called The Naked Communist* yeah. and how the progressives seem to be following the, t- the tenets of it. yeah. Can you talk about that yeah. some more?
5: So there, there's a, uh, there was a book written called The Naked Communist." It was written in, 19, uh, I believe, 1958, if I remember right. And it was actually read, it, it had in the book a list of what they said were 45 rules of communism. Mm-hmm. So be- it's basically objectives of what communists want. It was written by an FBI agent at the time. And through all of his interrogations and interviews with you know communists and things, that he assembled this list of their objectives, and that list was read into the United States Congressional Record in 1963. Very impactful book, so this is on on our national record here in the United States. And so some of those rules were things like to to infiltrate both parties, the left and the right, to infiltrate the church, to infiltrate the schools, to confuse um, sexual ideology. You know, among among children. This was written in the fifties. Think about that. And the co- I was
3: born in fifty-seven, so the, I
5: remember. Yeah, I, I yeah. Re-
3: my mom was a historian, so I can remember her talking yes, about. that. very
5: impactful book. Wow. And, and you know, here's what it's important to understand: 58. is that socialists, Marxists, and I would say even the enemy himself have been very happy to play the long game.
2: Don't go away. We'll be right back after this special message.
1: I want to thank you for watching the Jim Baker Show today. We want to encourage you to stand with us. If you want to support a message of the last days, we bring great men and women of God, the prophets of God, to this program every day. We need to stay on the air till Jesus comes. I need your support today. That monthly giving will keep us on the air. Times are tough, but God's people make anything happen with God and in unity we can bring miracles to pass a dollar a day many are joining that club right now we also have the jubilee club at fifty dollars a month and then we have my club the president's club at a hundred dollars a month i need your support pray about becoming a monthly partner we are totally in the last days But we must keep the message of the gospel going forth. We need your support. And I pray that if you have the ability today to give a one-time gift to keep the devil away and to meet our budget this month, we need help desperately. I'm going to personally, for my Social Security, I'm going to give a $1,000 gift today to the ministry, and I hope Someone will join with me and give that one-time gift as well. But these monthlies will keep us going till Jesus comes if you'll just do that. So call me right now, one 988 1588 Remember that God loves you. He really does. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye.
2: And now let's get back to the show
1: yes amen. on page i think it's 83 of your
2: book
5: you're gonna quiz me here aren't you yeah <laughs> okay well, you talk about it...
1: a new weapon that the left has found to fuel mm. woke ideology
5: yeah so this well th-
1: i want you to talk about that
5: so th- this was this is such an important point uh, uh pastor jim and i appreciate you bringing that up is is that it the the left has found this thing called public health and they are using that to trump the united states constitution our freedoms in this world we saw that during COVID. you know our constitution it's you know nothing trumps the constitution unless unless there's a danger to everybody Mm. then it gives them a right to operate with tyrannical leadership uh in the book i introduce um a concept in theology that's known as sphere sovereignty and so when you look at how god created uh this world he gave certain realms of authority to different people. Presidents and rulers and kings have authority over nations. Right. Uh, fathers and parents have authority over the home. Pastors and elders have authority over the church. Each of us have authority over our individual bodies. You know, if somebody violates your individual body, we call that assault. And so there's, there's a realm of authority. What the state did during covid is they came in and they usurped these realms of authority. They began telling the church what to do yes. when it's not their job to tell the church what to do. That's it's right. an elder's job to tell the church what to do. So they violated those realms of authority. They began telling parents what to do. And we're seeing that continue with this, you know, the transgender issue. Yes. We have, you know, states that are saying if your kid wants to transition and you don't accept this, then you're in danger of being, having your child taken away. That's right. You know, as a result of this, they're wow. violating these spheres of sovereignty because they have no respect for God's created order
3: exactly mm. right
5: That's i want you perfect.
1: to explain the future building blocks of yep. heresy that you write about
5: yeah so um you know in order to really understand wokeism the uh, i think properly in mm-hmm. the church specifically we have to understand a movement that happened during actually the 1700s it started and it's so important to understand the future sometime you have to look back to the past and what i write about was known as the quest for the historical jesus and there was a time after the Enlightenment and the post-Enlightenment period where there was such an emphasis on human reason and human logic that some of the miracles in the Bible, they started questioning them for the first time. You know, so really for the first time, people started looking at Scripture and going, did that really happen? You know, the, People used to believe in you know fables and myths and you know fairy tales, but, but now with our scientific method and Darwinism that we had in the 1800s and these things, does this, does this really line up? And so There was a group of theologians and pastors in Germany that went for what they called a quest to discover the real Jesus when you cut away all of the, uh, I'll use a modern term, the mytho-history of the New Testament. And so they started imagining Jesus minus the miracles. And it ended up producing a Jesus who was really more the great social organizer than the Savior (laughs) of the world. And so this, is, this infiltrated our Bible colleges in the, early, in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And this, this idea still pushes forward today, where we see Jesus more as a human who was a great example rather than a Savior who is our Redeemer, you know, mm-hmm. our Lord, our yes. King.
3: Yes. Mm. Oh. You
1: say in your book that Perfect. the silence of the church to tackle like social issues and all the things, the needs of people, and moral issues. It's created a spiritual vacuum in our culture. Yeah, can you talk about that a minute?
5: Yeah, I, I think one of the greatest lies in Christianity is the is the the belief that certain issues in regards to morality are political. Mm-hmm. We've been we have pastors that have bought the lie that abortion's political, oh. or that sexuality's political, or that um, you know uh, uh, things like parents' rights is a political topic. Those aren't political topics. That's a theological, those are all theological topics. That's right. They're they're moral issues. And so as long as Christians think that these things are political, and this is the goal of the state, it's the goal of the left, to be able to get Christians to think, well, I can't talk about these things because those are political and separation of church and state and all of this. The, The separation of church and state the way it was intended was so that the state would never be close enough to the church to tell it what to do. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that violate. And so that the the church would always be close enough to the state in order to be her conscience. Mm -hmm. And it's so important that we recognize that these topics are not political. And I just speak to the pastors out there. Pastors, it is time to be bold. It is time to speak out. It is time to educate yourself about these topics. I've actually launched a website called AmericanPastorProject.org. Where pastors can go and sign a statement that they're going to commit to biblical orthodoxy, and that they are going to stand against wokeism in the pulpit.
1: Everything is biblical. Yes. Everything 100%. is based in the Bible. Our, our this is the this is the guidebook for life. Is the, mm-hmm. the the living Bible. Yes. We need God's word, and for them to say we you know we can't use it, they, they outlawed one state. They'd taken the Bible out of the libraries in the school mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. month. Yeah. Utah. They're yeah. getting it back in now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank God, because people just protested. But this is where they're headed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's such extremes that people are going to. So uh, there's other extremes you talk about here in the book about preachers going too far to exclude people, such as the example of the Tennessee preacher you talk about who delivered a sermon titled, Why Leviticus 2013 should be still be enforced.
5: Yeah, I, I've been really, you know, um, cautioning people. Look, I, you know, uh, we, we love the sinner, we hate the sin. Right. And right now there's a lot of sin to hate out there in the world, right? Yes. And we yes. see it all the time. It's in our face, it's in the news, it's on our phones and everything else. It's coming at us from all different directions. It's very easy when you start seeing, um, uh, you start seeing this, this much depravity out there uh, in front of you to, to lose our focus on the love of God. And we have to find a way, you know, typically the church has only done one or the other. They either elevate grace and mercy and they forget about truth or they elevate truth and they forget about grace. And church, we have to church, really church, come church. back to uh, uh, this ability to, to temper our, our words. Look, I want my church to be a place where any single person can come. Yeah. Uh, if, if they wear a mask, if they're, if they're struggling with their sexuality, but here's what I want you to know. My church will be a place to where you will be, you will leave transformed. We will leave change. We're not just going to affirm sin. We're not going to go to a place to where we're just saying everything's okay. You're welcome to come and listen. You're welcome to come and hear. We hope that it ministers to you. We're not going to force God on you. We're not trying to create a theocracy, you know, that we have to, you know, make somebody love Jesus or else. We want to invite them to do that. And so we have to temper our words in this. And it's very important that as we are fighting against darkness that we are making sure that that love is going before us in that process. Yes. It's, it's a tip, it's yeah. a difficult balance, but it, it's necessary. You know, I think, really is.
4: You brought up a great point that I'm watching a lot of pastors that are close friends. Some are people that you just meet along the way. But you brought up this point that I think is getting very blurred from the pulpits. The moral, theological, ethical versus political issues. Yeah. Can I ask you this question? Because as a pastor, how do we know the difference between a moral issue? I know it's a stupid question, but it's probably one of the most intellectual questions that this society is wanting to know from a pastor's perspective. How do we identify theological issues when it comes to sexuality, love versus politicized issues that the Bible has to deal with? Yeah. As a pastor, how do we know the difference when it comes to teaching the ideologies that the world's asking and, and, and the questions, but from a pastor, how do you deal with that? How do we know? How do we identify?
5: You know, it, it, this is, it, it, it is a difficult thing to discern, I think, at times. I mean, as, as Pastor Jim said, every issue, to some degree, is a theological issue. It's a biblical issue. It's something that um, we recognize that Scripture speaks to. All you know, That's issues right. of life and everything, you know, and so the, the, everything to some degree has a spiritual aspect to it. Um, you know, when we look at why these things have been politicized, they've been politicized because a, a a particular party in the left has grabbed a hold of a corrupt morality and has made that part of their party platform. That's they've right. actually made sin part of their party platform. That's right. Totally. And and this this is this this convolutes it because now it is a political issue. Yes. It's a moral issue, yes, it's also a spiritual issue. And so, you know, a lot of these things kind of invade each of those spaces. And this is why we, but, but the, the, the reality is that everything trickles down from what we believe about God and what we believe about ourselves. So we could say it this way, that culture is downstream of theology. Politics is downstream of culture. Mm-hmm. And so when we, when we start diving into this, we have to recognize that, that unless we address the spiritual aspects of it, we're ne- even if we solve, let's say we solve the moral thing that everybody just lived you know, godly lives or that we, we solve the civic issues politically and we had a, a, a great you know, uh, um, you know, conservative utopia that we created, it still hasn't solved the spiritual problem. And so you can have a great you know, conservative utopia where people still don't know Jesus. And so I want to solve the problems politically, I want to solve the problems morally, but that has to start with, as we're fighting those battles on a lower level, simultaneously making sure that the gospel is impacting people to change Mm. their lives
1: one of the greatest problems facing church people is how to love what they feel is the unlovely how to love people that hate them yeah and and it's like we're at war yeah and and yet jesus died for sinners yeah jesus died on the cross for sinners and so the people that we know are having this war against jesus died for them
5: 100 percent.
1: how do we keep that in mind how do we win this world when it we're we're almost going to war
5: yeah you know look i, I think that that um churches parents grandparents you know Again, we, we were caught off guard by a lot of this. I don't think that we were fully prepared. And again, it's not too late. we mm-hmm. got to plug back in. We, mm-hmm. There's still opportunity to turn the tide on this thing. And I think in many ways, I would tell you, you know, I'm very involved in, in D.C. I'm very involved in a lot of uh, uh, spaces. And I can tell you that there are, there are, there are battles being won all over the place uh, in this nation. I'm very encouraged by that. Good. But we still have more work to do. Yeah. And so when you look at this, I, I think that, you know, I, I feel for the parents and grandparents out there that they have a... A son or daughter or grandchild that is struggling with their sexuality, and basically, if you don't accept this, then you don't love me. Right. And if it, it you like, it starts cutting off relationship, even if you don't want it to. These things, and this is there, there's no easy playbook for this, other than truth and grace. Truth and grace. You have to have both. If you just come at somebody with truth, they're going to push away you just come at somebody with grace, you know, you're just going to affirm everything. and You're never going to actually point them back to the Lord. And so, you know, we have to have both of those things present. I think it takes a lot of listening. I think it takes asking questions. I think we need to be asking more questions. And I think most importantly, it takes a, a um, we have to eradicate timidity. We have to get to the point to where we're willing to have the tough conversations. And yeah. it's not even awkward that you can sit down with a son or a daughter or a grandchild and say, hey, I know you're going through some stuff. I'd love to understand, you know, what's happening. What would you like me to know about you that would be helpful, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to understand? And can I tell you some things that I'd like for you to know about me, you know, and my love for you that that this would that this would be important? Uh, one thing that I do for people out there is I'll tell if you're really trying to minister to somebody, I would ask them, uh, I would say, Hey, I would want to know, can we play a little game? You give me any book you want me to read, you know, two hundred pages or so, and I'll give you a book that I'd like you to read, and then let's sit down and talk about it when we're done. And, of course, I tell them to get woke Jesus, right? <laughs> but, 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 you know, and they'll give, they'll give you a book to read that's meaningful to them, that you're going to be able to, and again, not for the purpose of convincing you or agreeing to these things, but you're going to start seeing where they're coming from so you know how to minister to them in a different mm-hmm. way, and it starts creating conversation, which I think conversation is important to keep relationship going and an open door to be able to minister to somebody. Wow.
3: Okay, wow. so, Pastor Lucas, um can I come to you for counseling? Honestly, listen to him. <laughs> uh, I mean, seriously, no, no, seriously. These are great yeah, points. Thank you. These are great questions. Excellent. And, and you know, as opposed to us believers, uh, uh, us ministers saying, you know, all, all these things are wrong, 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 you know, and, and they are, you know, according yeah, to the word of God. You know I mean, I just read you know what you said you know i I just read here i it, yeah in my Bible, right here you said, you know Leviticus twenty, and then you re, you said we're not we're going to it says right here, twelve, if a man lies with his daughter, if a man it, with another man as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination yeah. they mm. shall surely be put to death, their blood guilt shall be upon them
5: yeah. And and I think that this is important for us to to recognize in this process. You know, Scripture is true. It's inerrant. It is perfect. It is the Word of God. And, and that law did not change in, in the New Covenant. What changed is, is us. Yeah. As believers that we have received this gift of faith righteousness. Because the Bible says that if you break one sin, if you break one aspect of the law, you're guilty of breaking all the laws. So from a, from a righteousness standpoint on our own, we are all an abomination. We're all, it's if we've all committed every single sin that's in Scripture. So when you start with an understanding that. I don't deserve God's grace. Right. See, the left is pushing entitlement, but we have Christians that actually have gotten into entitlement thinking that they deserve God, God's grace and everybody else deserves judgment. No, we all deserve judgment apart from Christ. Yes. But when I recognize that his grace has, and his righteousness has been a gift into my life in order to help me to be able to overcome, now I'm in a position where I can minister that grace to somebody else, not in a way that's just affirming of their sin, but in a way it's saying, look, I was once in a chasm too. Yes. I was once far off, but yes. God's grace came and found me and there's opportunity to move forward. And I think that it's, it's so important for um, you know people today to just to take time to educate themselves, to get wisdom from the Lord on how to minister on these issues. You know, We're trying to create as many resources. We're actually working on a four-part series right now with one of the, the, the nation's leading experts uh, on transgenderism to create a training for people on how to minister Uh, to family and friends and other people that, that are struggling with this issue.
1: Let me ask you this. Many, many Christians, and I deal with so many, that if they feel like if they love the sinner, member of their family or whatever, who is living a life that is contrary to the Bible, that then they endorse that sin, and then they feel like they're guilty. Yeah. Yeah. And and yet Jesus died for sinners. Yeah. He so loved the world. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Thank you, Lord. So this is you know the church is 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 got to live in forgiveness and love. Yeah. But but the be bold world and but strong. We've got to live according to God's word. And America has become a reprobate country. Mm. And your book is talking about it. This woke Jesus, this false Messiah destroying Christianity. And so according to Romans, God alone possesses the absolute uh, jurisdiction over justice, including the carrying out of wrath, against evil, what does the methodology of the woke movement, movement yeah. do with that?
5: Yeah, it, it's, it, and I think you know to, to kind of lead into that and maybe to tie a bow on the, on the previous part is that it's important that we recognize as we're ministering on these things that as I'm talking about issues as a whole, I'm talking from a truth standpoint. Right. This is, this is cut and dry. It's black and white. Right. This is, I'm speaking to the ideologies, the agendas, these sort of things where there's no compromise in that world. When I'm ministering to somebody one on one, I'm leading with love because I believe it's God's yes. kindness that leads them to repentance. Right. And so I am I, I and people struggle with that. They or they flip it around. They they you know, they go, you know, grace and mercy on the on the broad and then judgment on this. And so when you start looking about how the left then, how this woke community is looking at something like justice. Justice is the conversation that's behind most of wokism. It is it is basically this idea that that um, essentially boils down to that people do not trust God to bring about true justice. That there are injustices in this world that, um, that that have just gone on for too long, and nobody's doing anything about it. The government's, you know, complicit. God's complicit because He sits there silent if He even exists. You know, is kind of their mindset. And so we have to get in there and we have to do something and start, you know, creating entitlements and all of these things. And so wokeism is nothing more than really arrogance and pride in that. I wanted
1: to ask you about. You write in the book on page 172, yeah. <laughs> I have it written down. You wrote, what do you believe is perhaps the greatest sin of the woke
5: mm.
1: movement? Is that something you would talk yeah, about? Yeah,
5: yeah. So I, I think I think You that, talked about it in your book. Uh, 100%. So there, there's really two things I would look at. The one that I mention in the book specifically is that they, they have forgotten that life is a spiritual experience first and foremost that when you look at at uh, all the injustice in the world this this world in the physical is never going to be able to provide a full solution to injustice right. even if you righted one wrong you're still got, we, life is still a terminal experience. You know, we're still all gonna die unless the, you know, unless the right. Lord comes back while we're still here. Right. Uh, there is still, there's gonna still be a passing. And so there's always gonna feel like there's some sort of injustice that's out there. And what, what the, the woke community, the radical left, has failed to recognize, and I would say woke Christians have failed to recognize, is that, is that you know, ultimately, that the spiritual is the place where God redeems us. The Bible says that, that you know, to, to, let, to trust God is that final judge to allow that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, Amen. that there will come a day where I can trust That's right. we don't that he's going to do this. We
1: don't have vengeance.
5: Absolutely. It's Absolutely. his. Yes. So you can't take his place. Yes. We can have discernment over truth. We can, you know, to, to some degree, as best we can. we can, we can legislate morality so we don't have a chaotic, lawless society. We have to have some aspect of that. Um, But but at the end of the day, we have to trust the Lord to be the final say in these matters. And ultimately, I believe one of my favorite definitions for heaven is that heaven is the place where things are as they ought to be. Mm. It is the place where every right is wrong. It is the place where full redemption happens, where his grace is poured out. Uh, and, 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 you know, that's, there's not going to be a conservative utopia. There's not going to be a Marxist <laughs> utopia. Right. We are waiting for a redemption that is from above. And okay. anytime we forget that, I believe that's one of the greatest sins of the woke church. Mm. Mm. Mm.
0: Power. Yeah. I, I think
1: you, you talk about Christian left. Yeah. That's a hard st- <laughs> for me to get my mind around it. What yeah. do you mean when you say there's a Christian left now?
5: So uh, uh, you know where this came from is I mentioned earlier that historical Jesus movement to start seeing Jesus more as this great social justice warrior. We had the social gospel in the early 1900s, and if you love history, I go into a lot of it in this book, Woke Jesus. You know, to be able to unpack us uh, to get there, and and you know this this set the stage for this social justice movement that we saw in the 80s and 90s. Um, we saw in the in the um, uh, Catholic Church what's known as liberation theology, kind of a blend of Marxism and Catholicism in the African-American church in the United States. We had certain churches grabbing a hold of what was known as black liberation theology uh, uh, that came in, again, sort of this Marxist you know, framework. And Marxism is antithetical to the gospel. Marxism is against God. Marxism is, it, it is, it is uh, anti-Christ in its makeup and framework. But certain, certain people who call themselves Christians, and I'm not here to judge their salvation, but I am here to discern whether or not what they're preaching is true or not. I'm going to leave the salvation side of that for the Lord to discern. Yes. But what I could say is that they are bringing a false gospel, and, and Paul's got some strong words about people that bring a false gospel. Yes, he does. Uh, and so I'll let Paul's wa- words stand on that <laughs> and not mine. Um, but, but I would say that, that you know, it's important that we use terminology that people are using, because if I just came out here and said, well, the radical left's doing this, then people would show up in a church thinking, well, because it says church, it's safe. So you have to hear the term, woke Christian, Leftist Christian, in order to understand that you that there are wolves in sheep's clothing within the church, that the church itself has been infiltrated in this nation. You can't. I was just in Los Angeles. Every major you know city or church downtown, you see these pride flags, you see you know Marxist BLM flags flying above the cross, and this is in every major city in America, and sometimes our smaller towns as well. And so the church has been evaded. We have to understand that, uh, and and it's so important that we'd be or that we're able to discern a false gospel from a true gospel. What I've encouraged people to do is to take their pastor our statement, show them the website at americanpastorproject.com uh excuse me.org and americanpastorproject.org take that to your pastor and say do you agree with this statement? And the statement's based on the Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed. I encourage them to use that as a litmus test. If your pastor's not willing to sign that statement there and put their name against wokeism and standing up for these values, you're probably at a woke church, and that you can use that as a litmus test to kind of expose and to start that conversation of where you're at.
1: Wow. But the mm. wokeness believes that love is murdering babies, uh-huh. is abortion. Uh-huh. And they just... they they. They feel like it's evil that we people who love God want to save babies. And so that is, I think, any murder, the Bible says thou shalt not kill. So any murder is against God's will. Yeah. But yet this woke society. And and when I was a kid, if if the if somebody they thought was gay in the school, they would make fun of them. And now the word is gay pride, yeah, so you should have pride in something that you know is is perversion,
5: yeah you know when you look at and I, I think Pastor Jim, I think you'll appreciate this. this is the first time since two thousand years ago when Christianity is being in, accused of being bad for society hmm. during in, in, in you know the early spread of the gospel as the gospel went out in Rome there were several periods of major persecution for the church in Rome. Right. And, and there's actually two, there's several of them, but two major um, Christian thought leaders that stood up uh, for the church. One was a guy named Justin Martyr and another one uh, named Jerome. And, and they wrote letters to the emperors at the time basically defending the church against these accusations people would accuse christians of being incestual because they called their spouses brother and sister in christ exactly and they didn't understand it right. they accused christians of being um uh uh basically uh of, of eating human flesh because of the communion you know oh. uh, being uh, uh you know uh, they accused them of of uh you know all sorts of you know sexual um uh, issues and orgies in these things because no the christians did not allow anybody else in their time of communion AND SO THEY CALLED IT A LOVE FEST, right. AND SO THEY WOULD SHUT THE DOORS, so to the, AND SO THEY WONDERED WHAT WAS GOING ON IN THERE, YOU GUYS HAVE TO BE DOING SOME SORT OF SIN IN THERE, AND SO and THEY WERE ACCUSED OF BEING BAD FOR THE ECONOMY BECAUSE SO MANY PEOPLE GOT SAVED THAT WERE IN THESE, you know, uh, uh, YOU KNOW, PAGAN PRACTICES AND MAKING, YOU KNOW, SACRIFICES AND THINGS FOR THE TEMPLE AND TAKING AWAY BUSINESS FROM THAT, AND SO THEY ACCUSED them OF BEING BAD FOR THE ECONOMY, AND SO these, THESE INDIVIDUALS, THEY WROTE LETTERS SAYING, LOOK, CHRISTIANITY IS GOOD FOR SOCIETY, this, these Christians are going to be the best citizen in your nation, but the only thing they cannot do is they cannot bow down to you as God, and they cannot violate the teachings of their Savior. And this is the same as true today. We are called to be the best citizens in society. Yes. The only thing we can't do is we can't bow down right. to the left as a God or to the state as God, and we can't go against the, the, the words of our Savior in Scripture. And, and I think that what we're seeing for the first time since those days in Rome is Christians being accused of unrighteousness, that that in this upside down world where yes. good is bad and bad is good mm-hmm. uh... and and this is a very interesting time and i really believe that if this does not if we don't see a change in this that we are on a path towards persecution in this mm-hmm. nation like we've never seen before right
1: uh... the church the bible says you know it's really god's people yeah. to turn and we must turn from our, our unrighteousness right, right? from yes. our wicked way and yeah. he, he will heal our land Yes. And, I'm concerned today so much that we turn to God. I've been in the book of Revelation this morning. I got up early and I'm in this part, Lori. I, it was so uh,
3: sweet, honey. When I, I don't saw know you if I can see this, this
1: here. This this is where we are right now. Yeah. And this this is my prison Bible. Mm. This is you know, the Bible I'm, that I'm he serious had when I crit- when I go Wait, back when this? I go Sorry. back to the prison Bible, you know. I'm digging, and we are there. I, 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 Steve Quayle made a statement, and it's in the news right now. Russia is planning to attack the United States with an atomic bomb. A with nuclear. Nuclear bomb. I want. Would you roll that piece? you have that in the control, that news piece?
0: Oh, here's here is this is the most current battle plan that I know of from the Russians, okay? By the way, they've made all this known to the Pentagon. There's no top secret stuff in what I'm telling you. Well, there is from the standpoint in their minds, anything that's the truth is top secret. The first strikes that America will undergo. This is just fresh. This isn't the other stuff you had about a couple of days ago. USA, UK, and France, as well as any place that the West nuclear weapons are stored must be totally destroyed, totally destroyed. The first strike includes all boomers. All boomers are nuclear subs, not nuclear powered, but nuclear uh, equipped missile subs. All silos, all our missile silos. Oh, you remember the ones that Biden let The Chinese hang out over for three days over the most sensitive defense areas in the United States. Hardly a word, nothing said. Big balloon joke. I want to say this again. What I'm talking about right now, just to not lose track, we're talking about the Russians targeted plans for their preemptive nuclear strike on the United States. That is based upon the fact that NATO plans to hit them first. There's no way NATO can catch Russia off guard. The hypersonic launch window is 90 seconds. U.S. is 5 to 10 minutes, okay? I'm told this by Cold War warriors. All boomers, all silos, and all factories that produce weapons and aircraft, as well as government and COG, Continuity of government backup facilities. The highest-ranking military and cog bunkers would have entrance and exits blown so that there would be no way for the people to exit without help, which ensures that any remaining leaders have only two choices, surrender or die in your bunker. At that point, the Russians will initiate their terms of surrender. No surrender, five minutes, everything's gone in the U.S., The whole Russian leadership commented about the fact that Trump versus Biden mess is foolishly dividing USA. And what's foolish about it is that both men have proven themselves to be destroyers of nations, including their own. So they see no difference. Russian leadership. I'm not reading the, the, this is from, you know, again, Science Guy. He said, it is in fact, Science Guy, hard for any rational person to watch what they thought was their country, get divided, not by external invaders, but in fact by the people themselves.
1: That is what's happening in in the news, and that is Steve Quayle. This morning, the news, I read the news, it came over. It's the thing that that I read today that is a little shocking to me. There is a powerful X-class solar Uh,
4: Explosion.
1: Explosion from the sun, and it's caused uh, radio
4: blackouts. Did you read that news? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the lower class that you're talking about. Here's the thing. I'm
1: studying now, again, the Revelation. I spent my five years in prison in detail in the book of Revelation. But we are living in these times. Mm. There's going to be signs in the earth, earthquakes, in the, from the heavens. There's going to be asteroids or stars fall from heaven. And when some of these events take place, now this one just took place in the sun last week. But when, when some of these major things take place, if, if Russia sends an atomic bomb, nuclear, nuclear warhead to us, if, if earthquakes that just destroy and volcanoes and all, they're going to shake people. But they're all very clear in the Bible, especially the book of Revelation tells us exactly, detail what's going to happen in the last days, So I want you to have your faith in Jesus because man is fighting. And and in politics, all you see on television is the right and the left is going back and forth. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to put each other they're trying to put Trump in prison for they want to put him in prison for Shocking. what?
3: Seven, I wish I had seven, another hour with you, Lucas. <laughs> seven, but for
1: 700 uh, years or something. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah.
3: And we
1: get our mind off on all that, but the Bible gives us the, the blueprint mm-hmm. of what's going to really happen in the last days. And he says he doesn't want that end times in times and his coming to catch us unaware. That's right. So he is on your side. Mm-hmm. Ask him into your heart. Stay close to Jesus.
3: So, what did you read in Revelation early well, this morning?
1: this is for you somebody today god gave it just for you i know you well he said (laughs) isn't that good i know you well you aren't strong but you have tried to obey and have not denied my name therefore i have opened a door to you that no one can shut Amen. That's a Amen. word for you. That's
3: revelation. That's a book of revelation, everybody. Note this.
1: Yeah. I will force those supporting the cause of Satan while claiming to be mine, but they aren't. They are lying. They, I've, I'm going to cause them to fall at your feet and acknowledge that you are the ones I love. Hmm. This is in the revelation is good news.
2: Yeah. Amen.
1: You just got to read the whole thing. He's just warning us what's coming. Make sure you're right with God and, and yes. that your heart
3: and you given know, Jim, to Him. And, and our time is almost up. I I really, really do wish we had another few hours. I know Ricky has a lot of questions for we'll you. Have to He's do it very again. bright. Yes. Um, but I but I will say to all of you, in order to keep this mm. ministry on the air, in order to keep a Lucas Miles, I mean, what you just heard is so powerful. In order to keep somebody coming like this, in order to keep us there in your living room, in your bedroom, in the prison cell, we need your monthly support. You could a dollar a day, thirty dollars a month, um, fifty dollars, Jubilee, isn't that Jubilee okay. Restoration, or a hundred dollars a month, and that's our Presidents Club. So all you have to do is call us at 1-888-988-1588. This
1: week, we're talking about a book that I wrote. Oh, yes. What, 30 years ago, probably, mm-hmm. after, just after prison. I write every detail, why I went to prison. What I, Lucas, have
3: you seen, have you read this book I have yet? not, no. <gasps> we need to get you the book.
1: I would,
5: I would be honored.
3: But what we're doing. Because and
1: for time, $100 special
5: yes, gift, a yes. victory offering right. Amen. to help
1: us. WITH OUR SPECIAL NEEDS THIS MONTH TO STAY ON THE AIR, and what, Jim? 1-888-988-15. WE HAVE THESE IN STOCK. JUST GO TO JIMBAKERSHOW.COM,
4: RIGHT? That's right. That's RIGHT. ABSOLUTELY. Well, AND LOOK AT ALL THE AFFILIATE PROGRAMS THAT WE HAVE JUST FOR YOU THAT IS GOING TO MAKE A DIFFERENCE IN YOUR ORDERS, BUT IT'S GOING TO HELP SUPPORT THIS PROGRAM, THIS MINISTRY TO CONTINUE TO PREACH THE GOSPEL AROUND THE WORLD. Amen. THE WEBSITE, WRITE IT DOWN, JIMBAKERSHOW.COM, AND GO TO THE STORE SECTION. You're going to find a list like Be Alive, The Bookstore, Augustine Farm, Signal Relief, Divine Health with Dr. Uh, Don Colbert, Lion Energy, Optivita, so many different ones that you can order your product today. It would be delivered within days to your home. Yes. JimBakerShow.com. Yes. Think what? about pledging something monthly, even
1: mm-hmm. if it's a dollar a day or or $10 a month or $100 a month. You can do anything, but that monthly pledge is what keeps us on the air. We have to go. Remember that God loves you, and I want to thank you for helping us stay on the air. Remember, God's on your side. He really is. Bye-bye for today.
3: Bye-bye. We love you. Thank you, Pastor Lucas. Amazing.
2: Thank you for watching today's program. Will you pray about standing with us by calling 1-888-988-1588? That number again is 1-888-988-1588. Or you can connect with us on our website at www.jimbickershow.com. Thank you for your praise and financial support. Stand with us as we continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world.